0: songwriter my brother-in-law sean olbs of the eiffels was able to talk to frankie pine over zoom video frankie talks about where she grew up and how she got into music she is a music supervisor a grammy nominated music supervisor award-winning she's done a bunch of hit tv shows like flight attendant big sky nashville and she also got that grammy nomination for the academy award-winning film traffic so she tells us how she got into that industry and what it takes to be a music supervisor. You can watch our interview with Frankie Pine and my brother-in-law Sean of the Eiffels on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringin' It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Frankie Pine. All
2: right, everybody. We got Frankie Pine here today. She has won Best Music Supervisor uh, for her work on Magic Mike in 2014 and 15 for Nashville. She's been the music consultant on The Oceans movies, Oceans 11, 12, and 13, and uh, and even for the soundtrack for Traffic, uh, which got you a Grammy nomination. Mm -hmm. So uh, very excited to talk to you about your huge career and everything um, that you've accomplished so far. But uh, before we get into all that, you mind taking us back and just letting us know how you got into music to begin with?
1: Well, I always say that I tripped and fell into it um, because it's one of those things of I... Was working in New York and, um, you know, I've always wanted to do something in music because I was an aspiring artist myself. But I always feel like if you can't give it 100 percent thinking that that's what you can do for the rest of your life. Then you're probably not going to be successful at it. And I always kept thinking, well, there's something else I could do, I feel like, in music. And so um, I wanted to just promote music. And I found my way through doing compilation albums, like totally hits the eighties and, you know, putting together dance albums and uh, different stuff like that. And then landed in film and television. And what kind of got me to LA is my now best friend said, Hey, do you want to move to Los Angeles? And I said, sure, why not? What would I be doing? And she said, whatever you want. And I went, that's cool. I'll take that job. (laughs) And that's how it all happened. So you know, it's been, it's been fun ride.
2: Yeah. So you've been always, so after being an artist, you kind of became a curator of, of music.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah.
2: What, how do how does someone go from being an aspiring artist to compiling? You know, because those totally '80s and and those sorts of compilations are huge. Um, uh, or probably they were probably bigger then than they are now, uh, just because of the rise of the internet and all that. But uh, how did you go from uh, from being an artist to to curating those albums?
1: You know. I've always been a big fan of music. My dad was a DJ and, um, you know, it was a side job for him. So I was definitely his gal pal in tow to all of his gigs and, so, you know, depending on where we were, whether it was a wedding or a dance at a school, you know, the music would change. And I just became very familiar with lots of uh, different genres of music and learned a lot just from that experience. And, um, you know, for me, it, you know, the kind of artist that I wanted to be obviously was like a pop artist because that was the big thing that was happening and, um, you know, just you know, I wasn't that great at it, <laughs> to be honest, and, uh, you know, it just kind of fell into what I feel like I was good at, which was curating, you know, different uh, pulling together different songs, pulling together, you know, making, you know, mixtapes for people Um you know, I, I also worked at a company that made aerobic music tapes for aerobic instructors. Mm. So, you know, the and coming up with those playlists. So, you know, things just kind of like started from there. You know, I worked for the Mickey Mouse Club television show as nice. the receptionist. But mm-hmm. I helped uh, the Music Day people, you know, come up with like, oh, who they should have come on the show for Music Day. And, um, you know, so it, it all just kind of like was a culmination of my love for music.
2: Yeah. So is, is, is that how you would, as you're as you're kind of rising in this career field, are you putting things like that on your resume? Like... Well, I was even though you're a receptionist at the Mickey Mouse Club, were you then putting that as a credit kind of like, you know, contributor to the soundtrack?
1: I don't really tell those stories very often. So you might be the first one that gets that story.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's it's, that's that's it's a cool place to start. I I'm just wondering, you know, for uh, I'm trying to picture, you know, someone, you know, getting out of school or whatever and and how they're and how you started looking for jobs in that field or, you know, or going from one job in that field to another, you know, where you where you, you know, I, I have never seen an ad for like, uh, you know, a totally, you know, putting together need, yeah. need someone for the totally hits 80s record or something. Exactly.
1: Like that. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like I said, it is kind of like you tripped and fell into yeah. it. But I, I also would encourage anybody, you know, like just take any kind of job. I think any job really um, helps you, whether it's being a receptionist, whether it's interning, whether it's, um, you know, doing any kind of small job at any kind of company that is related to something that you're interested in. I, I feel like is, is a really great stepping stone uh, for anyone that wants to learn something. And especially in a field that you're 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 motivated to learn in, you know, like for me, I couldn't get enough of of wanting to learn about music and, uh, you know, getting to know different styles of music, different genres of music. And, um, you know, that's I, I would encourage any kind of job that gets you even just your your big toe in the door. Take it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So was the was the aerobic um, album the was that one of your first kind of professional um, jobs where you're actually curating music and putting music together for a, a specific purpose? Um, I
1: would say yeah, yeah. And, and then it was a ha- job that I actually learned how to license music as well.
2: Mm, right. So
1: which was just- also a really big factor, you know, because we had to you know, even though we weren't getting sync licenses, we we did have to get, you know, a mechanical license through the Harry Fox agency. And, um, you know, we kind of it was a learning process of figuring out what licensing was about. And, you know, that was the piece on my resume that got me the job when I moved to New York City, saying I knew licensing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that was a job that got me, you know, when a cold resume at Polygram Records, you know. So that's what got me in the door there. So, like I said, so any kind of job I think is helpful, and you know you'll you'll take a you'll take something away from it.
2: Sure that that one piece of that job was was, and that's why you got You got to tailor your resume uh, to whoever you're applying for, and exactly. whatever, like you said, whatever job you have might might have some have some experience that's applicable to the next one.
1: Exactly.
2: Well, that's that's exciting. I feel like aerobic albums would be fun to do because it's all kind of high energy and uh, you know
1: <laughs> so high energy. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things where the beats per minute had to start at this level and then it had to take you up here and then it had to bring mm-hmm. you back down because it was a full like hour class. Mm-hmm. So you know your beats per minute were a big factor in what songs you chose.
2: Yeah, see, and that's that's re- getting really specific with with what you have to come up with. Um,
1: it's exactly. I still have my beats per minute chart from that, from that job.
2: (laughs) Nice. Do you still, do you so so as a music supervisor, is that something that you get on kind of your, your sheet? uh, Typically, like we want something like this BPM for this scene. Is that, is that something that directors uh, like look for or, or or do they leave that more up to you?
1: They, They leave that up to us, you know, like they'll, um, there's a lot of times, well, where you know the director will shoot something that to pick, you know, just for feel or whatever, and then we may have to match it up later to that beat beats per minute. Um, mm. like, oh, you know, they they shot to a Beatles song, which you know is hard to clear, <laughs> right. But No worries, we'll find something that's in that same uh beats per minute that will fit uh the flow of the picture. That's
2: interesting. Uh, so when when Sometimes they'll be shooting with actual music playing in the room, like just to get the actors in the right mood. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people don't know this, and I, I don't know how often they do this, but a lot of times they'll overdub the the audio. So I guess of, of the speaker and all that. So the so they're able to just, and and the sound designers do the background noise. So a lot of times you're not hearing anything that's going on in the room. So I guess they can do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we don't encourage it to be, like a married to picture Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: if there's no dialogue in the scene you know they can play whatever they want if there's dialogue you know then it's better to obviously not use anything happening in the scene any music playing in the scene Um, you know like all of the stuff like on Nashville um, you know most of that is piped the the music the playback is piped through an earwig and you know, if, if we're trying to capture any other kind of sound or dialogue on set, if, uh, if if it's just the performance, then you then you can just play the music out loud mm-hmm. and then you yeah. just put the song in later, you know, to match.
2: Right. Uh, you know, the of course, Nashville is a huge show. Um, I got to say, though, uh, me and my fiance have been watching um, Big Sky lately and you've yeah. uh, you've been working on that. And um and I, we actually don't watch too many network shows. I think we've gotten too used to kind of the unrated streaming shows, you know, that yeah. sometimes sometimes uh, network TV seems tame. But that show, I she I, I, I put it on and I was like, I like this. And we, we, we've been watching every episode.
1: Yeah, it's kind of racy, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little edgier than than, uh, yeah. and it, it kind of, it, it has more of that. Uh, you know, I think also people are so used to binge watching shows; they're they're used to them become they're so sequential now. Uh, yeah. So re- you know, it's such a a, a linear story now that um, I, I think it has more of a, a vibe that it would might be on a HBO or Netflix or something like that. T- that tell was, us a little bit about that, was that our show.
1: Intention. You know, we wanted yeah. it to feel like a streaming show and. And we wanted the music to feel like a streaming show as well. I mean, because there is a big difference between, you know, like a network which tries to typically, you know, the music needs to fit like the same kind of demographic as the people watching, uh, you know, that particular uh, network. So we really had a lot of uh, latitude uh, musically to really kind of expand and kind of step outside of the box of a network show so you know we we've been able to use like Steve Earle and Leanne Womack and uh you know just a lot of like um you know Buddy Miller you know great music that just kind of fits the vibe and the feel of the place that they're in in Montana right and um you know so that's that's been a lot of fun
2: yeah, well, great job on that one. And you've been working on some other big hits, too. Uh, the Flight Attendant, my, mm-hmm. my fiancé was uh, watching that show when it came out, uh, Sylvie's Love. Um, how's, and I, I saw, you know, you, you used a song by by Karen O. I'm a huge uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs fan. So, uh, yes. so I respect that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work on The Flight Attendant.
1: So The Flight Attendant, you know, uh, the, it's what's amazing is that the two uh, producers were from Nashville. Uh, They were the producers on Nashville that then uh, started writing uh, the flight attendant, and they brought me on completely different music. And um, again, you know, just the what's awesome about being a music supervisor is that you get to explore all kinds of music. And um, this was, you know, powerful female you know, music and Karen O just exemplifies that to me.
2: Totally. Yeah. You know,
1: so um, <laughs> you know, finding that particular song was, you know, that we probably put up almost a hundred songs up against that that date scene. Um, and wow. uh, you know, felt like, you know, this was the best badass one, you know, to to for the date. It was, you know, it was definitely badass, but it also felt like it really helped the feeling between these two people that it, you know, was, it made that love, uh, you know, even in such a short period of time of that that one date feel real.
2: Right. That sounds, that sounds like so much fun. I mean, like any job, there's going to be parts that are tedious, you know, there's going to be the scenes that aren't so fun, but these pivotal scenes in shows finding the right song is, do you, do you still get a lot of do you get a kick out of still finding the right song for, for those moments?
1: You know, I am, you know, cause I don't actually watch a lot of television. I'm kind of like the, a, a good barometer, you know? So if I get goosebumps, if I cry, if I, you know, get elated, I mean, Uh, To me, that's when I know, like, oh, my God, it's got to be this song, even though it's really tough for me, because I always say I'm just the server, you know, like I'm just the server. Here's my platter of music. Pick whatever you want. I mean, I deep down inside, I have my favorites, but all of the songs I think are good and great. And, you know, whichever one they choose is obviously going to make me happy. But there are times that I'll go, oh, God, please pick this one, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So is, is that how typically it goes? You'll give them like a choice, like you'll curate like, like five, 10 choices for them or oh, something? Oh, absolutely. Honestly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is,
2: is that about how many it usually is, like five to 10 or is it?
1: It, it really depends. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, producers and directors know exactly, you know, what they want and feel. And then there's others that just go, eh, I'm not going to know it until I hear it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. could take, a lot of, you know, a lot of playlists. Um, Like I said, you know, with the date, we tried, we tried so many, um, you know, but there's, there were also five or six people that were listening to it. And, you know, music is so subjective, you know, because it's so readily available to everyone. So everyone's got an opinion about music. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know where you're finding the one song that satisf- satisfies you know five or six people is you know it, it's tough
2: <laughs> yeah yeah do you what what do you think your your favorite type of uh scene to to curate music for is
1: definitely you know montages it, mm, montages yeah. are like the best of finding right something that just kind of works for this group of scenes that they're cutting together and how do you, how does that song kind of work over all of those scenes and make everyone feel i mean besides you know ideally my favorite favorite thing was like finding like the perfect songwriter to write me a song that worked so great in Nashville. Like that was like the best, you know, there wasn't anything more amazing than that. But then next would be the montage, I think, you know?
2: Yeah. We don't get a lot of Nashville out
1: there, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know.
2: Do you find you, uh, to save time, are you mostly only presenting music that is, that you already know you can get permission to use? Or sometimes are you just, grabbing all your favorite music and then sometimes you worry about getting the license for it after the fact.
1: You know, I try not to just grab music that I like, um, without knowing it's clearable mm-hmm. because I don't want something to get put in there and have my director or producer fall in love with it and then find yeah. out that they can't get it. Uh huh. That's right. a bummer, you know? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to hear about your experience um, working as a music consultant on the Ocean's movies because the the music in that movie is so distinctive and and great. Um, Tell us a little bit about and and Steven Soddenberg, such a such a huge name. Um, How how was it working with those films?
1: So, because I think the first one was very um, international and uh, musically, it was international. Like the music was from all over the place, like France and Italy. And, um, you know, I, I made like one of my best friend met one of my best friends now that all because, you know, the, the guys walk into this, uh, place where I think they're getting their fortune told. And there's a song that plays there. And the woman that sang that song, you know, is one of, you know, a, she didn't even have a major record deal. She owned it herself. And, you know, it's, I, we I found her and I was like, oh my God, can we use your song? She's like, she's Russian. She's got this amazing story behind her. I mean, it's, the music is just kind of like all over the place and it leads you to all of these amazing people, you know, that, you, you know, finding these amazing people and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it was definitely curating a very unique uh, soundtrack, that's for sure. And David Holmes was definitely a big part of that, you know, our comp- the composer.
2: Yeah, yeah, the music. I mean, I I never saw the originals, um, so I I would assume that maybe the music was influenced a little bit by it, but it, it just has such a distinct sound, and I really like it. And I feel like. Um, whether it was the originals or the or the newer ones that came out, <laughs> I say newer, but they're like like what fifteen? Yeah, 20 they're years over old now. now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um,
2: the uh, I, I feel like there there were a lot of heist movies that came out after the the newer Oceans movies that I feel like we're definitely taking hints from the soundtrack. Oh,
1: for sure, for sure. I mean, because there's now like this, uh, you know when. I think it was probably like maybe five years after like the, the series had kind of like happened. It was like, you know, we want that oceans feel and that's, and that's what people were saying. You know, we want that composer that has that oceans feel.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, another really great movie. It was a uh, it was a Grammy nominated movie. Was Traffic that you worked on, um, and you got you a Grammy nomination. How mm-hmm. how was that? Did you get to go to the Grammys, or did you want to go to the Grammys? You or know, this helps, helps was actually
1: pre music supervisors actually being able to win the Grammy. Mm. So um, there was you know we had to fight hard to get that, and that just happened uh, a few years ago. So, um, so yeah, this was a long time ago and, um, but you know, Cliff is, uh, was the composer on that and Cliff and I, we just worked really close and I've, I've known Cliff for a while and, um, you know, and, and also just finding like, again, like amazing music and very different music because just the way that, uh, you know, Steven kind of shot that was, you know, we when we were in one part of uh the US versus when we were in Mexico, the coloring was even different. Mm-hmm. So like musically it was it was gonna sound different in on on either side of those colors as well.
2: Yeah, that's it's funny. I've seen a I've seen a couple memes recently where it's like anytime there's like an American movie and they go abroad, the like it goes to like sepia tone. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like all <laughs> of a sudden there's like a yellowish tinge yeah, to the yeah. to the camera angle. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I remember, I remember really liking traffic. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, Me but too, of actually. course, yeah. But I do remember it being intense. Um, so, so how, you know, do you, I feel like, you know, going from like a kind of a, a slick, cool movie, like oceans, the oceans movie to a movie like traffic. I mean, and having to just listen to intense music all day. Does, how is that? Does that, does that change your like psyche for the rest, for the you whole know, time you're working on that movie?
1: No, we're, we listen to different things like all the time. Like, you know, we work on multiple things at, you know, uh, as our day is, you know, like I've got big sky happening, but I'm also doing a new show at Netflix called from scratch where there's music from Italy. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm listening to Americana or classic rock and it it, one hour and the next I'm like listening to, you know, music in Italian, you know, so that's just our day, you know, that's just kind of like the amazing part of the day. Um, but, you know, I think the best thing that I would say, you know, about being a music supervisor is just the research of music is, you know, researching something that you're, you're unaware of. um, And, you know, digging in and trying to find out about it, you know, like, I'm listening to all this Italian music now. And of course, I have no idea what the songs are about. So, you know, it's like, every song I have to, that I'm thinking about sending to the producers, I have to translate it to find out like what the song is talking about. And in order for it it to feel like it's, would work in the scene, you know? I don't want the song to, just because it feels right, but is it lyrically saying what would fit in that particular, you know, scene? So it's all, to me, it's all just like, you know, polka music one hour and marching band at the end of the day. I mean, it, you have to, you have to listen to everything. I mean, that's, I mean, in big sky, I, I had uh, pop goes the weasel. I had to make a version of pop goes the weasel.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's always something and it's always different, which is, um, I guess what makes the job exciting and the days are different. Right. Sure.
2: You said you you like to use music that is already licensed or that you know that you can get permission for. so as as music supervisor, do do you have like your favorite licensing companies that you just work with, or do you do you have a catalog that you just go to and you and how does how does that part of the business work? Are you just are you working with with a particular sync company on a regular basis who has a huge catalog? Do you have like four, five, ten of them that you're working with?
1: We, we work with everybody. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we have the major labels, the major publishers, but then also the smaller ones, um, the little independent ones. Um, I love using even just an independent artist that doesn't even have any representation. Um, you know, finding those people like on Instagram or uh, different uh, websites, different, you know, curated playlists and other, you know, uh, other places like... I uh, that's kind of like the great thing like what people reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, I love your work. Would you listen to my song? I don't have any problem listening to anybody's song. I, you know, I'm not going to formulate an opinion about the song because that's not what my job is. My job is whether or not I can use it. If I feel right. like I can use it, I'll let you know. Um, but if, but if you like, you know, Hey, is it a good song? i <laughs>
2: You're like I don't care. I don't
1: really <laughs> like, care. Yeah. Honestly, it's really whether or not I can
2: use it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's probably your point of pride, I guess, then for a music for a music supervisor who's who's worked with big artists to to find you know the little diamond in the rough indie yeah. artists that you got to throw into a movie and and be like, yeah, I discovered them, or you know, I, I threw them well, in there.
1: And we all want to do that as music supervisors. Mm-hmm. We all want to be able to be the ones that uh, you know say. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I was the first to use that person or, you know, I, I used that person in that, uh, you know, show or whatever, you know, just to kind of be the one that, you know, uh, gave, gave them a little bit of a leg up for a week of sales, you know, because you use their song.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's does does that require a little bit more work or, or or less work? If you're working with a small indie artist and you like their music, what you shoot them an email and say, hey, we want to use your. Do you do, is that what you guys typically do? You just shoot them an email and say, hey, you want to we want to use this and this. And and then they probably yeah. more more often than not say, hell, yeah, but the
1: exactly. Yes, there we might
2: know. be less red tape with a small indie artist than than a label artist.
1: You know, I think that there' if, if uh, the indie artist is, is smart, you know, they, they'll say yes, obviously, mm-hmm. to whatever, you know, you're offering them. And I, I'm a very fair uh, music supervisor. I give what I can and I let people know this is what I have. So, um, you know, that's just kind of the way that I do my business and everybody in town kind of knows that. So um, it, it makes it easier for me. And and that's like, so anybody that I'm going to, whether it's a major artist or major label, ma- ma- major publisher to like a mid-level licensing company or an indie, you know, most people know what I have and I, you know, it's no skin off my nose. I don't get the money if there's anything left over, you know, right, so right. to me, it's like, I might as well spend it. If I don't spend it, they're going to cut my budget for the next season. So yeah, I gotta yeah. spend it, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, Frankie, it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, such a such a cool career and such a cool, um, you know. You've you've had a lot of great accomplishments. I, uh, you know, Thank you how, Grammy Grammy nominated, and you've you've done all these great shows. What what's next? What are you working on that that people haven't heard yet?
1: Well, the best one that's kind of coming up. I mean, besides for From Scratch, uh, which is a Netflix show. Um, it's What's amazing. that going to be about?
2: Are you allowed to say?
1: Um, it's based on a book. It's I'm doing it with Hello Sunshine with the Reese Witherspoon's company. Nice. Um, and so if you want to get the book, it's called From Scratch. It's written by Locke, who Locke, um, who is amazing and one of our one of our executive producers as well. Um, but I'm doing that, and I'm doing um, A League of Their Own for Amazon. Oh, so remake? They're, well, they're turning it into a series. Okay. And, and then I'm doing Daisy Jones and the Six, which is also based on a book from Hello Sunshine. And mm. uh, that's about a 1970s rock band. So cool. So lots of original music. Um, I've got actors coming back into band camp. It's been an ongoing, uh, you know, COVID, you know, shut us down. Um, So we're now going into year two of trying to get the actors back together and, uh, you know, going back through guitar lessons and vocal lessons and, you know, just getting familiar with the music and, uh, you know, getting them ready to become a 1970s rock band.
2: That's cool. So, so there's going to be some original music. So as a, as a music supervisor and consultant, um, are you, are you curating the writers and the producers of these, uh, of this music in any way? Are are you involved in that process? How how does that work?
1: So typically like, um, like in a show like Nashville, um, Mm. you know, all of the songs were original songs. Um, we did some covers obviously, but, um, these were all uh, from, you know, publishers of, you know, demos that were never cut. And, you know, so that was me going, you know, sitting with the publishers in Nashville, you know, talking to them. I mean, they, Nashville just like loved, you know, lit up like there's so many songwriters that I'm still <laughs> friends with today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, still reach out. Is there anything that I can write for you today? You know, so we had songwriter camps, we did all kinds of amazing stuff. But I was also involved in, you know, our exec, who our executive music producer was. So who was actually creating the music for the show. So the same case in point with Daisy Jones, you know, so, um, you know, uh, the music supervisor in The team, it was Mandy Collier and I, when we first started, Mandy's now my boss at Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, She, you know, she and I made a very short list of executive music producers that we thought would be great for the show. And, you know, that that's that's just kind of everything that's involved in music that we are a part of.
2: That's really cool. So it's more than just picking music. It's actually I mean like Absolutely. like you said in, in in Nashville you're actually you're you're part of the production team. You are you are curating those producers and and the artists and finding the demos. So you said you were sent demos where are were you just like this is what we're looking for and then you have these writing camps also and you're like write us some stuff mm-hmm. and then you kind of select the best of the demos to actually flesh out and and, yeah. and make into full production songs.
1: Yeah. I mean, Very some cool. of the demos were literally like uh, iPhone recordings, huh. you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: So um, you have to be able to kind of hear the song and know that it's, you know, what it can be also. Right. And um, that's that's also like a big factor, you know? And uh, I think like the first, uh, you know, two years... We had, we had T-Bone the first year, and then we moved to Buddy Miller did the second season, third season, and uh, fourth season. And then Tim, uh, Tim Lauer did the fifth season and sixth season, I think, yes. And, um, you know, all, I would pick the songs, I would send it to them what do you, you know, get their comments on it. And then it would go to the producers to have them listen and think of, you know, see if they like them.
2: Right, do, do you, speaking of, you know, iPhone style demos, uh, I, I think a lot of artists might think that they need to flesh out a song in order to help you hear it, you know what I mean? How yeah. often do, do you find that the the better produced demos catch your ear more often than not? Or, or since you kind of know, what a song can be, is it, is it either, or are are you, what's your opinion on that?
1: It it depends on the situation, you know, for me, because I knew the characters so well on Nashville, it was better for me to not have it be produced. Mm. Um, Because it was easy, easier for me to hear it the way that I knew that my character would play it. Um, It allows you
2: to fill in the blanks a little bit more.
1: Exactly, But Mm. then there's, you know, other ways of like, if I don't get a full demo, sometimes like my, sometimes my producer can't hear it. Yeah. And you know, so it just depends on who you're working with and um, you know, how they hear things as well.
2: Yeah. If you're going to use it,
1: like if you're going to use like a demo, then sometimes it needs to be obviously a fleshed out demo.
2: Right. That's really interesting. Well, I, Frankie, thank you so much for spending some time and and telling us about uh, your, your very cool job. Um, we'd like to end the interview by asking if you had one piece of advice for aspiring artists or or, you know, aspiring in any career, uh, what would it be?
1: I would say always just go after it. Don't give up. If it's what you want, go after it. And um I just recently, my daughter is going into uh, high school and I had to do a little ritual pin thing on her and say some kind of little like, you know, speech type of thing to her as I was pinning it on her. And uh, what I said to her is go kick ass. So (laughs) that's what I would say.